money has been the, an interesting stigma around this. If people are making too much money from crypto, it's talked about. If they're losing money from it, it's talked about. And it's, it's always a hot topic. Um, but the technology itself of blockchain has such a high impact in terms of what we can do with it. Welcome to the Sisterhood Club podcast, where we talk all things business, Web3 and NFTs. We're on a mission to educate, elevate, and empower women into the world of Web3. So join us on this journey as we learn together from leading experts. And remember, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So please do your own research and enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sisterhood Club podcast with myself, Georgie Hubbard. And me, Pam Caldwell. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Christy Bailey, who is not only a very experienced mentor and startup advisor, she's also the current COO at Yieldly, which has built the the world's first DeFi product on the Algorand blockchain. So I know we're going to get so much from this conversation today, Christy. There, there's a lot to unpack, and I think that you definitely work it working in the startup scene and as a mentor is just like such an important and critical role. And I would love to kick off just with a bit of a background, a bit of a who's who. So, if you could give us a bit of a journey into your life so far and bring us up to speed with what brought you to where you are today, that would be a, a lovely place to start. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. So. Um, To kick off my journey, I guess, um, the first eight years of my career was actually in real estate, which sounds completely so far removed from technology. Uh, However, it was quite a pivot when I did move into startups being that the role I played in real estate was really just, you know, a lot of project management, operation style skills that you needed to fulfill that role and immediately put me in the best position to, to work in a startup and just really get stuff done. Um, and just pick up any loose pieces, be the glue that that got everything um, moving along and, and kept together so that the team could move as one. And I soon realized that operation is truly the, the heart of any business and the heart of any tech startup. And it's usually the role that when you start, the everyone at the company turns around and says, oh my gosh, thank goodness you're here. We, re- we needed you six months ago. And from that moment on, I guess it didn't matter which startup I was working in, whether it was smart building, automation, um, working for strategic workforce planning tools, hotel tech, and now even Web3, that the skills you're using are still the same, but it's just different content, um, which is always was quite um, fulfilling when I had made that pivot into this world and then realized that it was actually the same skills that I was really just enhancing on but could use in so many different industries so many different um, levels within the business and and really just um, uplift an entire business pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, that's a skill set in itself because uh, there's there's so many people out there that you know would love to start their own business and you know I think that we're probably seeing that a lot in the nft space right now that people have launched projects sold out you know when it was all in the start and there was loads of hype and now they've probably sat there now in a bear market going oh um i didn't realize you had to pay tax i didn't know that there was such this (laughs) word called operations and we're sort of seeing a lot of um 
you know, fear, uncertainty and doubt flying around if these projects are going to last the long term. So I'd love to dive in with your experience, with your expertise around business and operations. Like, you know, what are you seeing in that sort of like early stage startup? Where are people going wrong and what sort of things should people be thinking about when they're starting any business? Yeah, great question. So I think it doesn't matter what business you're starting and where in the world it is, you really have to have both a short-term goal and a long-term vision Mm -hmm. because everything you do in the short-term has dramatic impact on the long-term and vice versa. And so really knowing where you're going means that, one, you can bring the team on the journey or it may just be you. It keeps you on the journey because often Mm -hmm. if you're a sole trader, you're often, oh, shiny things and off you go. And next minute, you've forgotten the reason why you started what you were doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the next reason that that's so important is when you're first setting up a business, it's so easy to miss those really small things that you don't have enough time for. And it it relates to the really boring stuff, which actually sits in my wheelhouse, which is governance regulation, Mm -hmm. uh, processes and any sort of frameworks. And no one wants to over-engineer those early in the, the stages of the, like early stages of their business. However... They make it really hard to allow anyone else to do their job or it makes it really hard when you do scale quickly to actually have that ability to do high impact work quickly because you, you all of a sudden get bogged down in stuff that you, you forgot about or you didn't really put in place initially or you realise you've got a lot of taxes due and mm. all of a sudden your cash flow is a little bit tighter. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I think when you are starting a business, I'm just heading into starting my second. Um, Georgie's a little bit more entrepreneurial by nature. She's definitely started and um, launched a few more than me, so a, a lot more seasoned. But very much when you sit, it can almost feel as though there is a huge mountain to climb and if you don't break it down into smaller minute we call it sprints it can really get very overwhelming but it's almost about trying to strike that balance between dreaming big but making sure that it's something that you can reverse engineer to break it down into those little minuscule things that you can do on a day-to-day basis but striking that balance between thinking grand enough that it's you're striving towards this huge goal thinking big and you are getting so excited but then when you break it down sometimes when you break it down to those initial like let's call it the grunt work that can seem oh you know how day to day you know you feel as though you're really in the trenches but it's just so so important to strike a balance between the two so I, I love that advice that that you've provided there um what 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 about when People are like launching a business, they've got the idea, they're they're taking it to market. What are the key differences that you actually have seen between businesses that succeed and those who don't? Yeah, you have to know the value of what you're delivering and, and who it's valuable to. Otherwise, you've created this business that um, you love and you may think someone needs and it may be solving a problem that you've, you've found out there and in the market, um, but you may not be solving it the way that everyone thought it would be solved. And so I think user testing is very important and it's monotonous work and it's hard to do, uh, which is actually one thing that I do think is wonderful in the crypto blockchain community is you have a community to ask and they give you immediate feedback. Mm -hmm. I know at Yieldly, if we change a button on our front end, we get immediate um, why is it pink not purple kind of kind of vibes yeah. but, um, <laughs> yeah. 
but I think that, you know, and that's obviously further down the track, but when you're first starting the business and making sure that you're delivering something that is, you know, important to someone, someone has to buy it. And, you know, there's a price for everything. How much were they willing to pay for it? If it's a dollar versus a hundred dollars, that's a big difference whether your business is viable or not. So truly understanding what that product is and the value of it and what someone's willing to pay for it. Mm is uh, key to making sure that you're, you're going to have revenue. Otherwise, you could just, just be use, you know, building user base, which might be the metric that you're looking for, but these are the things that need to be understood initially mm-hmm. is what is your goal and what do you need to, what does success look like for you and then work backwards from there because it uses all money. Yeah. Hundred percent. You just you said something then that is always stuck with me. That what does success mean to you? And this is something that I don't think enough entrepreneurs sit down and ask themselves because I feel a lot of people are always striving and never arriving. You know, like you know, you get you hit the first milestone and then what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? And I think it's really easy to sort of lose yourself and tie your whole sense of worth into your business. And I think that's where a lot of like entrepreneurs really suffer mentally. Because they just, you know, if something fails, they feel like they failed, you know, and they're a failure and they just basically just wear that then and that becomes their story, right? So I think there's a lot of that that happens in the startup world. And, you know, I think entrepreneurship can be very lonely. And this is why I do love Web3, because as you mentioned, it's very community driven. And there's lots of people who right now are struggling, right? And I think there's a lot of like mental health issues flying around and that's really problematic. So you know, like as an entrepreneur yourself, like, you know, what are sort of things that you do sort of on a regular basis to make sure that, you know, obviously you're spending time away from technology maybe, and you are ensuring that you are looking after yourself and, and also how do you find your own success in life as well? I'd love to dive into that. Yeah. I think the combination of what the both of you have said there, where founders often, you know, have this big dream that's a huge mountain and then define your own success, mm. go hand in hand because entrepreneurs and founders tend to make the mountain bigger mm. as they mm. achieve one and often a lot quicker than they wanted to. Mm. So defining your own success and it has to be your own success has been, it's always high on my agenda. It's probably the first piece of advice that I give to anyone, male, female, senior, junior, it life or career it really has to be what matters to you for some people it's working 15 hours a day and making a lot of money for others it is working three days a week hiking surfing snowboarding whatever it might be spending time with family it truly is what what is important to you and for me to make sure that I really like have that balance for for many years I struggled and Mm -hmm. I definitely didn't have that balance I worked a lot but I also had great pride in what I did and I probably didn't know what it was I, I kind of became this snowball of mm-hmm. it just got more and more and I didn't really mm-hmm. know how to break it mm-hmm. um, but I you know stumbled into I, th- I thought I wanted to be a yoga teacher um, mainly because I was I was told that I had really poor communication skills and I was trying to think of another way to come up with communication skills that didn't mean, you know, just your general business courses, etc. And I ended up not going into yoga and it was, I went into Pilates teach training. And so, yeah, and that was quite a few years ago, but Pilates has since been my outlet. I find Mm -hmm. that it's 45 minutes max. You Mm -hmm. can run into a class. You don't have to prep too hard. You don't get 
too sweaty Mm -hmm. a lot of the time that you can kind of sneak back into a meeting if you have to or or go do other things after so you can kind of squeeze it into your day that definitely helps me break that cycle and you can't be on your phone or you'll fall off a reformer I guess Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and and then I actually spend a lot of my weekends camping or at the beach which like trying trying to surf I'm a wannabe surfer I can't actually surf that great but um it's the whole uh just sitting out there on the you know on the board in the water without the phone chatting to someone that actually makes it and same with camping it just is a true disconnect so that's kind of how I found my balance um highs and lows of course like sometimes you really have to knuckle down and get the work done and you you kind of trying to find quicker ways to break the cycle whether that's the art of making a cup of tea or you know finding something else that's just 10 15 minutes just to get out eating your lunch in the sun even Mm -hmm. walking to the mailbox I don't know like it's those small little tasks that really break the day Mm -hmm. that can really give you a chance to think which is important in your work life too a lot of um the best ideas come from just pondering well on that note I'm just going to jump in here and say that you just mentioned camping right so I've just quite recently got off the back of a a five months um trip in a van and uh I was saying to Pam this morning actually like I didn't know how I didn't have an off button my, since I was like you know 15 I'd, I'd, I'd worked I did not know how to switch off and I jumped in this van and I was trying to like right let's get on this just let's, let's do this and I, just everything had to be on a schedule and then I suddenly just started to really surrender but it took me about a month to really unwind all of this programming, all of this like 100 miles an hour A-type personality that I'd had all of my life. But I didn't, I didn't know how to unwind. I didn't have an off button, but just something about being in nature and just taking that time. And what you just said then about the best ideas come to you when you're, you know, relaxed and you give yourself time to think, that's when sisterhood came to me. And I rang Pam and I was like, you just got to start looking into NFTs and I've got this idea and I'm coming down to talk to you to talk to you about it. And she was like, all right, okay. And, but it, what it did was having that sort of switch off allowed me to sort of first, first time ever in my life, just go, Oh, what would I like to do and what kind of impact do I want to have? And these bigger questions, these more purpose-felt questions came to me rather than just about where's my next, you know, business deal coming from? Mm. How much money's in the bank? And uh, I think that we can lose ourselves if we constantly are just, you know, chasing the money or chasing the next deal. And you do, you get lost in sort of that society pressure of what success looks like. So I love what you just said then mm. about taking that time to to think and just mm. be with your thoughts mm. it's harder too I think than than like it's a, a lot of work actually to get into the routine of actually switching off whether mm. that's oh, yeah. leaving your phone on the kitchen bench or mm. wherever it is it's like those small little things because when you first try to do it cold turkey oh man yeah. you can't <laughs> no you can't it's it's a big struggle and I sort of started off I think it was not that Christmas but the Christmas before um we were actually on holiday together and Georgie was like turn off your gmail notifications right now i was like uh, uh, no, no. <laughs> absolutely not like one of us has got to be on and i choose it to be me and she sat me down and she actually was like give me your phone right now and she turned off the notifications on my gmail and i've never turned them on again since mm. and that one little habit that i managed to break that christmas has actually had such a profound impact on my life and that I now give myself the time to, to breathe and I realised how unnecessary 
it actually was mm. to have the notifications on because I know how much anxiety it gives you with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but <laughs> honestly, the first week I was like, I was itching to like log in and check my phone. It was habit. I was picking I it up and down. I was like, refresh, refresh. <laughs> yeah. And then it just naturally I unwound and it's just like breaking those habits can be so huge. But then when you realize that they're not going to have such an impact, it, you know, you're like, right, okay, I am now in control of when I check my phone, 9 a.m., midday end of the day done Mm -hmm. and that's it and you know that that creating that new habit has just been so much more healthy Mm -hmm. and creating those healthy boundaries so I do think that that is incredibly important but to go back to what Georgie just sort of said around taking that space to think and that is when the ideas do come through she did call me when she was on the road and you have to look into NFTs, you have to look into Web3, you know, there's such an opportunity to capitalise on, you know, starting a business that's something that the both of us are incredibly passionate about. And I know it's something that you're incredibly passionate about as well. So just very, very briefly, Georgie and I have actually ran our own tech and digital recruitment firm for five years. Yeah. Whoa, long time <laughs> now. Um, and something that we've always been very passionate about is making sure that where possible on our boutique size scale that we offer diversity in our shortlists um, from more of a gender perspective. So we encourage the team where possible to always uh, try and have some sort of female presence in the shortlist that we're presenting to our clients and just really trying to raise awareness around the importance of women in technology. And as we sort of spoke about what Sisterhood's Club could offer and what the world of Web3 could offer, there's obviously such a chat around the lack of a diversity in the space and it was just a case of like right okay the, the awareness that we could bring here and the impact that we could have on a much larger scale than just the short lists that we mm-hmm. provide to our current client base was just so exciting and I know that women in tech is something that you're really passionate about as well and being in that sort of startup advisor in that mentor space what what are you seeing in the world of web3 around the diversity what are the challenges and and how do you feel that we can work towards making a real impact and change in that space yeah I think it's become a opportunity where it's such new technology that it's even playing ground for everyone to be, to open the doors and, and walk into this this world that is, well, I guess it's it's not so new now, but still quite young. Um, and for a lot of creators and artists that are women, they are able to step into this world and sell their digital art for, for actual proper money rather than you know having to try and give away so much before they can actually make any sort of profit on it and it is a place where because it is such new technology there isn't a precedent of who is the best at it or there isn't this historical hierarchy of you know I think in traditional software engineering it's always like as we know it's been predominantly male dominated and especially around certain areas of software engineering, it's heavily male and actually hasn't got, like if I ever find a female um, cloud architect, it's, it's always so exciting. Yes. And, <laughs> and I think it's the set, like this has been that opportunity where it is new technology. 
Yes, it uses the basis of, you know, your general software engineering principles, but it is a new set of skills for people to learn to walk into the space and have the opportunity to work in an area that is open. Um, lots of DAOs out there, which everyone can contribute to. And But the challenges still are that, you know, the initial years of, of blockchain and crypto was still like that crypto bro phase. And that still exists in the market and is still quite, you know, a stigma that needs to be broken down and it needs to be um I think women generally look for projects of value rather than quick quick wins or they're looking for that impact that touches them through emotions that they have you know in in a a lot more stronger such as empathy and they're looking for something that creates value or ties to them and it's so hard to find those at the moment because this space is still so new, but there is opportunities out there for, for some of these projects that are not just token-based, they're, they're doing really cool things like sustainable farming or water or I can think of so many others, but mm-hmm. that have actually got value to them yeah. as a technology rather than just that crypto component. Yeah. Absolutely. And we've been having incredible conversations on the podcast. I just feel so grateful that we started this because we spoke to Michelle Reeves the other week who started Mavion and that's all about sustainable fashion in in NFTs. And I was just like, that's incredible. Like you've just seen this amazing opportunity. And you mentioned real estate right at the start. I feel like that's an industry that's going to be disrupted because we just went for to get another mortgage. And I tell you what, I was like, this industry needs to be sorted out. I mean, literally Westpac, (laughs) it was like dealing with a load of dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. I was like, you had to scan in wet like, signs. Like, I was like, what is going on? This is just taking too long. Like, we should literally just be like on the blockchain. I now owe this piece of land. You know, sign here. It's all recorded. Boom. You know, like, and there's that's... so many mistakes in that industry I know. still too. Yeah. Like land insane. searches going wrong, and you're like, how? I know, I know. So <laughs> I think like at the minute, like crypto NFTs, like it's all getting like you know this big sort of like stigma and dark cloud over it because people have obviously lost a lot of money um you know but every everything's down you know like housing's down stocks are down but we seem to be very focused on crypto and web3 and there's a lot of like negativity flying around right now but i think that what we should be focusing on is the technology um that's that is the future i truly believe that so i'd love to sort of dive in now into hear more about your experience of web3 what got you started uh love to know more about yieldly and what you're doing over there um yeah like let's let's sort of go into the future of of uh, of the internet which is web3 yeah, so Yieldly has um, initially was the, a DeFi product and a, a product suite using DeFi and has created an NFT marketplace now. And the NFT marketplace was initially built for creators to be able to mint and sell their own NFTs whilst we were able to to provide a platform for them to do that, at, you know, for a lower cost than most other platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and how I see, I guess that was one angle where we were just pivoting and creating more products that were really opening it up to, to others to enter the market. So it wasn't always about tokens and staking and, and just earning money. And I think money has been the, an interesting stigma around this. If people are making too much money from crypto, it's talked about if they're losing money from it, it's Mm. talked about, and it's, it's always a hot topic. Um, 
But the technology itself of blockchain has such a high impact in terms of what we can do with it from, as we said before, real estate, uh, what some other people are doing there around carbon. I mean, I know there's some projects that, you know, get a lot of stigma around them too, but there's there's a lot around anything that requires records. Uh, like there's just so much loss and misconception around record tracking and, and so many mess ups that happen, health records. I know not everyone wants their data on online, but for some things such as, uh, you know, research that's happening and things that have, you know, how they've progressed through time and what does this mean for how we can access information as well, where if it's a lot more open, it makes it a lot easier for global. I mean, there's a lot of companies do it. Well, one company that I heard of the weekend that was doing clinical matching for um, research and just things like that where they're, try, they're really trying to find these particular really particular things and matching them and just keeping things open and um gosh I feel like I've heard so many like the sustainable fashion one is amazing sustainable farming you know mm-hmm. that we're all talking about inflation at the moment and the price of lettuce and mm-hmm. and all of these elements and it's it's like how much did the farmer actually get for that versus mm-hmm. what the supermarkets are selling it for mm-hmm. it's we're just not we don't have access to that information mm-hmm. like we mm-hmm. we we do with you know Mm-hmm. things that are visible through blockchain um, and not everything should be on there but like we said before there's housing records getting I mean paying a conveyancer and it's it's not correct because it was recorded 90 years ago incorrectly is insane um, and you've read stories of people that have almost lost their houses because of things like this so mm-hmm. there's these opportunities to pivot and big companies can pivot to this technology which mm-hmm. is got quite a lot of impact and a lot of depth to it mm-hmm. and it's still evolving people are still learning more about it how do we do more with it and how can we all benefit from it in you know in some respects mm. yeah I think that's that's really really key so I do think that there's there is so many use cases for it and you know it's going to be a bit of trial and error right you know some things it will work others won't and we're just going to all go on a bit of a journey on it but we all need to go on a journey on it and it and it needs women need to be involved in it as well. We need to have a seat at the table, especially when it comes to things like the metaverse. You know, like we we don't just want that to be owned by, you know, a few companies that have owned everything in Web2. We need to diversify, and this is why I think like startups in this space now are needed now more than ever. So I, I'd love to know, like, in your sort of opinion, what you've sort of watched and seen over the last sort of couple of years. Like, where do you see where do you see yourself and and other sort of companies like progressing as we as this sort of technology continues to evolve like where do you see web3 in the next sort of you know couple of years yeah i think until the governments start to really get some buy-in here it's going to be hard but i do foresee us using it a lot more around credentials and for things such as university degrees or education certifications, driver's licences, um, I mean, passports, like how many fake passports oh, are, yeah. are getting yeah. around and, yeah. you passports. know, element. <laughs> I've, I've heard quite a few stories, painful stories about passports at the moment. But yeah, there's no need to be queuing up for like 11 hours to... We own no, a passport and, and if you yeah. lose a passport, it's the, a scary thought because you're hoping the right person finds it and, and it's a painful experience if it goes to a consulate and is uh, destroyed, which I've definitely had happen to myself. But 
at least you know they have it, whereas so many times people don't even know where it is and therefore mm-hmm. it's always such a worry of who is using your identity. And so, you know, five years ago, everyone was talking about putting chips in them for, for identity and it's like, well, actually, blockchain mm-hmm. is a better technology for... And how we do that, I'm not sure yet. I haven't really thought too deep on that. But it is the, there's just so many use cases for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, with government input on this in an open source way where it's not controlling use of the data, I think it can be very impactful on how we make this actually a very reputable technology mm-hmm. rather than seen as... Uh, Ponzi schemes, etc. Mm-hmm. That that crypto can often be seen as. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. I think like there's actually a, a lot of our listeners are very new to this space and potentially not technologists themselves. So the world of technology can be quite a scary place. In terms of like Web three, how would you sort of describe? look what it is and why it's not scary and why it is the future and why everyone should be should sort of start educating themselves around it a little bit what what would you say to that yeah I it's so hard to I always think how would I explain it to my grandparents um (laughs) it's one of those ones (laughs) (laughs) it's uh it's challenging but it's a way of owning, like, you know, we've gone through the phases of we publish information, we've given ourselves over to the, the world of Facebook and LinkedIn um, and Google and, and all of those. And this is a way of us to to take back ownership of, of everything that we're putting out there into the mm-hmm. world and whether that's our identity or it is our assets that we own or um, artwork, information, a way to, I mean... DAOs have been incredible in terms of people wanting to get something done that's a community working together to work on something. Whether they get there because they don't have a hierarchy or not is still probably a lot to mm. to work through. But it it's a, uh, I guess, explaining this to someone that's still new to this world. I guess QR codes were a bit scary Mm. whenever they came out like 10 years yeah. ago everyone was like what what is the use of these mm-hmm. and all of a sudden throughout the pandemic we're using QR codes to get yeah. into every grocery store um pub etc mm. and this it is just sort of slots like into the, your life mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it just becomes just a part of it yeah yeah, yeah. I think QR codes are a bit of an example of it's it's just a bit of information on the other side of an image and an mm. NFT is access to whatever your utility you're offering for that Mm -hmm. nft whether it's a a ticket for a basketball game or Mm -hmm. a ticket to an online event or correct Correct. or it's your university certificate yeah but that's it and i think that that's when that's when you know you've hit the mainstream where people are utilizing the technology technology and not even realizing that it is web3 that it is an nft that it is on the blockchain like that's Mm -hmm. when you'll go we've done it's Mm -hmm. it's happened right and that's not going to happen overnight there is going to be this journey there is going to be people who take advantage of that you know like there has been a lot of scams and you know there is a lot of people you know with you know getting the assets stolen from them and it's just it is a new space this is going to happen and I think that everyone just needs to be you know cautious but but also curious you know we can't just go nah not interested it's a big scam there's too many people losing money now crypto's down NFTs are you know they're not the future and I would I would argue 
you just say, well, look into the technology because everyone said the internet was a fad and that wasn't gonna <laughs> that wasn't gonna work. And look at us now, right? I, without Doctor Google, I don't know what I would do. You know, so it's it is a part of our lives, and that's sort of how I see Web three evolving, and we'll be using it and not even realize we're using it. So, yeah. but look, you just said something then actually around. Um, you know, the internet, we're all so used to it and we weren't, but, but we're also complacent about some things that we have on the internet now, such as mm. passwords, or I just read something this morning that someone clicked a link to log into the Bendigo bank and it was a Google ad of a scammer and they'd lost 30 grand through oh entering their God, details on this yeah. website. Yeah. And it's like, well, we're, we're all, we're so freely giving information to web yes. two. Mm-hmm. We all probably give out our pin code for our debit card more often than we should Mm. and all of these elements but our paraphrase for our wallets is Mm -hmm. you know you've got to keep that to yourself and we're not complacent with those yet Mm -hmm. but because it's you know this highly sought after thing but it's it's just this evolution of when you get too comfortable and then Mm -hmm. you you get uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. I think we're just a little bit uncomfortable with web three still yeah absolutely it's a little bit clunky isn't it like it but you know it's it's actually like not as hard as what you think like Pam and I you know when we're setting up our wallets on MetaMask I was like right okay we'll focus here like and it was like oh was that it that was pretty easy right what's my seed phrase right write that down don't forget that store it somewhere safe and I wrote it on a notepad and then thought no that's probably not safe George so (laughs) you know maybe get a safe for that one um but it is it's just like people shouldn't be scared it is just like you know seed phrase people are like what's that and metamask it's it's your online wallet but everything's online now like i just tap my phone to pay for everything i don't even think you know so you know i'm with i'm with westpac and i would say that's online my, my money is you know it's not in my pocket it's it's digital and it's exactly the same as you know having ethereum or bitcoin you know it is just basically you know, we're kind of already there with it, like digital money, you know, because if I tried to go to Westpac tomorrow and draw out all of my money, they'd be like, no, you can't, you know, like I'd have to like, it would be a question of what do you need it for? Like, you know, so they have control. And I think that that is what I'm excited about is to sort of see hopefully the future where we are in control of our identity. We are in control of our finances. And I would, I personally would, would love that. I don't think we're going to go completely decentralized because I think that, you know, there are going to be certain people that still like to go to the bank, still like to have that in-person interaction. There always be a place for that. And I think that's a good thing, but I do, I would like to be in a, in a world where I have the choice of, you know, what I have my money in and, and how much control I have over it. And I think that's, that's what I see happening now. I think, you know, we've seen the last couple of years where, you know, control, you know, Melbourne, for example, was the most locked down city in the world. You know, I didn't, a lot of people felt out of control with that. Whereas I feel like, you know, the future is about giving power back to the people. And that's what I'm excited yeah. about Web3 because I do see that happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mm. agree. So on that note, um, obviously, we want to keep on championing women in Web3, women in this space. So where can people go to find out more about you to maybe get some mentorship if they've got a business idea? Like, where can we send them? Yeah, you can definitely uh, drop onto my LinkedIn. I'm always responding to messages on there, also on Twitter. So it's just Christy Bailey. Um, and I'm usually quite responsive there. So always happy to help women in tech. I, I think Web3 is a huge opportunity for women in tech. They need us <laughs> so badly. Yes. Um, mm. Just that ability to have value and, and see the bigger picture and 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely so much space for for women in in Web three in tech and in some of these businesses that are just starting out that really are trying to find their value and and mm-hmm. we can definitely deliver. Hundred percent. Well, thank you so much for everyone who has tuned in and listened today. I hope that you got a lot of value and enjoyed today's podcast. And um, Christy, amazing to have you here today. Make sure you go and follow and uh, come and join our Discord. Come and say hi. And uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, please give a little share on your social. And if you have time, please leave a review. And I hope to see you next time. Take care.